Welcome to the Cap City Outfitters podcast. This is episode 52. Um, you got Chris and Brian. Today we are going to talk about um, the topic that Larry sent in. Um, Larry sent in the question, have night sights become obsolete now that we have powerful weapon mounted lights? Um, yeah, we're going to kind of dig into that and then also you know, red dots on pistols, um, irons on pistols, weapon mounted lights and handheld lights to go with it all. Yeah, so kind of just general defensive use of, of handguns, um, you know, around the lighting systems, optic systems, sighting systems, etc. Um, to, to dig right into Larry's question, funny that Larry would ping us with this because we also had this conversation um, with our couple of our local LE guys uh, here in Central Ohio. Um, a couple of these gentlemen are are kind of the ordinance guys and, and a couple of the trainers for their department. Um, they are two very switched on guys who occasionally have differing opinions on things. Um, and, and in all fairness to each of them, their differing opinions come from differing experiences, both of which have a lot of experience in the law enforcement world, um, as well as the tactical world. Both are very well trained individuals and guys who go out and spend a lot of time on the range and a lot of time learning um, in different environments. So this is not to say that there's a, a right way or a wrong way or a the way or an a way or anything like that. This is just an option. Um, but what we came across, they came across with lights was the argument. Same thing. If you've got a bright light on your gun, why do you need um, night sights? So um, a couple because things. I can be a stealthy ninja. Yeah. And, the, and there are a couple things that came up in that conversation. The reality check is, is exactly that. Um, you know, there's a, a few different reasons to go ahead and keep night sights on the gun. Um, a, they don't hurt anything. They're not eating anything. Um, you don't have to keep them fed, watered. You don't have to clean up after them or anything like that. So having them on the gun simply gives you a few more options than you might have otherwise. Um, but the, the and stealthy aspect of that, I think, is really kind of a big deal. I can bring my gun up. I can have, I can know my sights are lined up, and I can know even to some extent that I'm, I'm lined up in the general direction of the target. Maybe I'm not ready to paint it yet, but I can have the gun up. I can be working cover. I can be behind cover, have the gun up, and be ready to press out and hit that light and know the gun's lined up exactly where I want it um, was, was kind of the first thing that popped into my feeble little mouse brain as why I would still like to have sights on the gun, um, night sights specifically on the gun. Um, over the last, what, month, two months, we've been doing a lot of low-light uh, evolutions, a lot of use of cover, a lot of stuff like that. And, and under those evolutions, um, prior to this conversation, I found myself a number of different times setting the gun up, using the sights to do it, the night sights to do it, and then pressing out and taking the shot. Um, you know, yeah, you can do it with a dot optic, you can do it with your irons, whatever. Um, but if you can't see some visual reference that's self-luminous, you're going to have, you know, maybe, maybe you've got the muscle memory to do that, but why not know the gun is lined up and ready to rock before you ever press out? And that yeah. was kind of the conclusion that I came to with it, um, based on the idea that, you know, you should have them on the gun. Um, the, the third thing that popped up in my feeble little mouse brain, um, was also the idea that, um, lights use batteries, um, Batteries tend to die. Yeah, and anything made by man can fail, including night sights, uh, in all fairness. But there's a reality check that it's it's just a, you know, maybe it's a, a secondary system for sighting the gun, um, you know, it, but but it's still a backup. And, and I think having the backup is a good thing. And if you have a light on the gun, then, um, you know, then your iron sights, you'll be able to see them one way or the other with the light because they will outline themselves. Um, 
but there's also the idea that if the light dies, maybe at some point you've got enough light on the bad guy, either through a handheld light or, or through ambient lighting to make PID on the bad guy and take the shot. Mm-hmm. If it's dark, it would be nice to be able to see. If you're in the dark, it would be nice to be able to see your sights right. to make a sure shot, a more sure shot. So, um, and, and to kind of piggyback on that, you know, once we've PID'd the bad guy, like if I've moved and I want to be able to re-engage, I might not want to give away my position with a white light. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And the, the argument was made by, you know, one of the guys that we talked to here locally was that if you're putting that much light down range, you can't see your night sights. Um, and, and I get that, but that's only under that exact circumstance. Um, I think when you fall outside of that circumstance that it's, it's just, it's another one of those things that's a good thing to have on the gun, provably, not, not just because maybe kind of thing. And honestly, you know, if, if I'm running a, a factory Glock, uh, I need to replace the factory plastic sights anyways. Yeah. And by the time you go through the work and the effort of putting the site, new sights on the gun, you're really not spending a lot of additional money to put night sights on that gun. Yeah, absolutely. Agree with that. Um, you know, and, and you can get a good set of night sights. I think the Ameriglows run around 100 or 110 bucks for a set. Um, and that's a three dot with an orange surround. Um, the Trigicon's a little more money, you know, 150, 160 bucks. Um, and, and then having them installed on the gun. But at this stage of the game, it just doesn't make sense to me anyway. Um, you know, I, I, I still want more of an argument about why you wouldn't want them when it's just kind of cheap insurance. Yeah. So. Yeah, so, so we talk about the, the night sights, you know, um, guys, we've been running a lot of, doing a lot of low light work with handguns, you know, again, this, this time of year for us, a lot of our time is spent on the range in a low light environment, um, we've been doing a lot of low light work, um, and, and, you know, coming back around to um, how much light should you have on the gun, all of it, um, every little bit of light you can put on the gun is a good thing. Um, how much light should you have on your person as an adjunct to the gun for things you don't want to point the gun? Um, all of it. You should have all of it on the gun. Uh, from a sighting systems perspective, um, you know, night sights are an awesome thing. Having sights on the gun are obviously a requisite. I think night sights on a defensive tool are still a requisite. Um, but the dot optic, do I want the dot optic on the gun? Yep, sure do. Um, just I think not- the, the dot optic actually changes the conversation a little bit. Yeah. Because provided we have the contrast on the target to really be able to see it, yeah, and we can PID the target, um, you know, we're able to use the dot optic. I think with maybe a little bit less lighting or less ambient light. I would agree with that. I would agree with that because if you're really front sight focused um, and you find yourself, you know, a couple of nights we've been out, we've been in. It's either been I don't want to say foggy, but hazy. Um, the air's been really thick, really heavy. Um, this time of year when you're pushing 90% humidity and then it cools down into the low thirties pretty quickly. And that, you know, in that like literally hour period, the temperature drops five to eight degrees, you see the air condense, um, and, and not having to be front sight focused, being able to be target focused, um, to really be looking at the, the bad guy or the target and see what's going on. And then to be able to see it through the optic rather than, you know, around your front sight and your sights is a really, really nice thing. Um, you know, I've, I found a big advantage to that. Again, my eyes aren't as good as they used to be, and yep. they've never been really all that good. So, And we get into buddy lighting targets to deal with smoke and some other effects of, you know, running guys on the line. Um, I think that's where night sights really come into play, yep, too. Absolutely. Um, because now we don't have the white light on the shooter's pistol, you know, creating that contrast for the sights to use. So we have to use the tritium dots. Yeah. I, I think there's, you know, I, I don't know enough about the physics of, of photons going down range. 
Um, but my experience seems to tell me that if I'm standing facing a target, uh, whether that target's a, a, a paper target, cardboard target, or whether it's a steel plate, or, or a bad guy or a wall or something like that, when you paint it with your light, if it's turned towards you, it seems to reflect a fair amount of light back at you. And that's the, oh my God, you'll blind yourself with your light. False. Um, that's not going to happen. Uh, might be an interesting day, but you're still given more effect on the bad guy than you are on you. Um, and all that light is possibly paralyzing the bad guy. But the light reflecting back at you has not been enough to overcome a dot or your iron sights, either one. Um, but when you have a buddy step off to the side, and in the case of law enforcement, you know, or military guys in certain operations, you know, you, it may not be that everything needs shot. It may be that things need to be ID'd and dealt with. And in certain environments, you can point guns at them. In certain environments, you can't. But the fact of the matter is, if somebody else can point a gun at somebody and utilize their light and I can see what's going on and I don't need my light in the fight for the purposes of blinding that person, but I want my gun on that person, it's really nice to be able to see the night sights and be able to light them up. Because I'm not getting as much direct reflected light on me as the person running the gun. The light I'm getting coming at me is more diffuse. So based on that, you know, I think I was able to see night sights a number of times as we were doing buddy lighting stuff. Um, you know, and I use I use buddy lighting a lot. If, if there's more yeah. than you know, if there's more than one or two guys on the line, I'll often not hit my light just because I want to practice using ambient light and seeing can I see enough of what's going on to positively ID the target and then make shots on it. Um, one of the things that I, we used that with earlier this year was when we did, um, Mac J's night where we did the different targets and he was calling out numbers on the targets. Yeah. And we did that as a two man team. Um, when we went to that, you know, even there were certain times where certain guys were running their light on their target, but I could see what I needed to see on mine. So I didn't, I didn't engage my light. Um, you know, using light as communication is another whole topic, but you know, that was the other part of it is when we both went to that middle target, if I got there first, I would hit my light. So that the other person knew, hey, I got that target. Don't worry about it, kind of thing. So, yeah. but you know, working off of other people's light, um, you having the irons available or the dot available, you, you know, you're not, you may or may not be able to see your sights depending on how much light's coming back off that target. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, yeah. So, like I said, there was a, a great question from Larry that he, you know, that he sent in to us. Um, you know, I, I think, in in my opinion, anyway, I, I don't think night sights are dead by any any shape or matter. Um, but I do think the adjuncts that you run around them maybe can make them a little less useful on a regular basis. I still think it's a good backup thing, though. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, um, guys, you know, one of the things we discovered around this topic is, is you know, the you know, like I said, the more the more light, the better on the gun. The more light, the better on your hip. Um, you know, there have been some interesting advancements um, in in handhelds and in weapon lights. Uh, we're kind of curious to see what's coming down the road. There are some some brands that have been in the handheld market for a while that have pushed into the weapon light market that we're kind of curious to see what they're going to put out. What we're seeing right now um, isn't compelling enough for us to bring them into the shop and sell them to you because we're seeing issues with lights that wet out. Um, if they get wet, you know, that second time is going to kill them. Um, we're seeing some durability issues with certain brands as well. I'm not going to pick on those brands. Um, because I think those folks may be working to correct those things, but I think you're going to see down the road and in, in the near term, in the next year, some really interesting options in handheld lights that are maybe a little smaller and maybe a little brighter, depending on how you measure, you know, whether you're measuring Candela or whether you're measuring point source lumens, um, coming down the road. But for now, I, I still am going to push everybody towards Surefire number one and Streamlight number two in that order. Um, if you've got something else you're running and you've had good success with it, 
over time and through experience different weather with it, you know, we'd like to hear about it. We'd like to talk to you about it. Stop by the shop and let's have a conversation around it. Um, handheld lights, the same conversation. Um, we're still seeing the same companies come out with handheld lights that are ridiculously complicated. Um, multiple switching systems that do everything in the world for you, except for maybe tell you your steak's done. Um, but are too complicated to use in the real world. Um, and, you know, and again, Surefire does really, really good handheld lights with really good switching, with really bright outputs, with really good beam structures where you can have your choice of do I want to light up an entire room or do I want to see at significant distance or do I kind of want both. Um, you know, Streamlight's doing kind of the same thing. Um, there's a couple companies out there that are doing modifications to Surefire lights to make them even brighter and have better uh, beam quality, etc. And, and I'm kind of curious to see how some of that stuff plays out yeah. in the next year or so too, because I think you're going to see it a lot this year. Um, but you know, Surefire has had some nice utility lights that make a decent tactical light, like the Stiletto, because the switching is differential, mm -hmm. um, but simple. And then the new Stiletto Pro, we were playing it's around with it. Total ass kicker. It is. And it actually, you know, the big difference being, I think if you're lighting up a room, there's not a lot of difference. But when you talk about the hotspot, the Pro just has a lot more reach. And that hotspot makes it so much more so functional. Extra 350 lumens. Yeah, yeah. And you're talking about pushing the light, you know. I would, I would have said before that the Pro or the Stiletto was probably a 25 or 30 yard light max and was really only effective inside of 75 feet. Um, the Pro, I'm going to give you know, 30, 40 yards easy for anything. Um, in a, in a package that's really flat, that's USB recharge, micro USB rechargeable, um, fits in your back pocket. No big deal. Uh, the pro has a reversible clip. So if you want the light pointed up or pointed down, however you want to grab it, you know, if you've got a preference, just like your pocket knife, um, really interesting light. And has rounded edges, so unlike a lot of the tube lights, um, it won't just destroy your pocket. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely a lot to be said for, you know, a lot of the lights out there that have, you know, DNA catchers and stuff like that. Um, you know, DNA retention device on your flashlight is pretty cool. It looks neat and everything, and it does have a purpose for certain. Um, but the reality is, I, I, if, I, if I just need a light, I just need a light, and it would be nice for it to not destroy my clothing. The other thing is, is the, the wear marks on your clothes is a giveaway. Um, there are bad guys out there, um, you know, that are sophisticated enough to know that, hey, if that dude's pockets are chewed up a little bit, he probably carries a knife all the time. Um, and that's given away to the bad guys, a, a nasty surprise you might have in store for him if you need it. And the flashlight does the exact same thing. If you've got that hole worn in your pocket and, and you don't have a nice fade line, the shape of a can of Copenhagen, then it's probably something other than a can of Copenhagen putting it there. So, you know, be aware of those kinds of things. We talk about being the gray man. Um, you know, some of these lighting systems, if you're not careful about how you use them, lots of clips on your pockets tells a whole bunch of people a lot of information. Um, and, you know, being able to flip the clip and being able to have something that's not going to chew on your clothing is, is, is kind of a nice advantage. And Surefire really, I think, did this one very well, like most everything else they do. Yeah. So, um, yeah, gosh, guys, I don't know. Uh, you know, we, we talked a little bit about some end-of-year things. Um, a, a while back and, and I think the, you know, the lights, the optics and stuff like that just keep coming at us and it's pretty awesome what the market is doing and how they're responding. Um, you know, some optics to keep an eye on, uh, the Holosun 507s along with the Trigicon RMRs. Um, you know, those are some things to see and keep an eye on because I think that's going to be a, a budget option that actually works. Um, there's some cool stuff coming down the road. So Yeah, along with, you know, just general advances in battery technology. Um, you know, the CR-123 is still the proven 
you know, non-rechargeable option. But, you know, with the Stiletto Pro, with the Stiletto, um, with some of the other, you know, USB rechargeable batteries or just rechargeable, you know, lithium-ion batteries, uh, I think that's, you know, another big driver that's coming down the pipe when it, with regards to flashlights particularly. Yeah, I mean, my understanding and, and my limited understanding is that the just the physics of the rechargeable lights they can drop more energy than you can get a non-rechargeable light to yeah. drop. They can they can dump energy faster, at least at this point anyway. Um, and that's what's giving you you know these ridiculous output amounts that we're seeing with some of these small lights running on eighteen six fifties or or one two three rechargeables or whatever. Um, you know, and I've heard arguments pro and con. Um, for rechargeables, you know, if you're out in the field and your light dies and it only runs on rechargeables, are you screwed? Um, you know, if you if you have a rechargeable light, how much money are you going to save on buying CR123s? I know that um, you know I, I've, I've talked to a number of guys here locally with CPD, and I know that they offer batteries out to their guys like CR123s to their guys, but they're often very difficult to get a hold of, so a lot of guys find themselves buying their own batteries. Um, you know, and, and so the logistics may work for you better to have a rechargeable or it may work better for you to have non-rechargeables. So that's, that's kind of, you know, your world that you live in to figure out what works in that regard. Um, but you know, for a utility light, something like the stiletto, having it rechargeable is just ridiculously handy. Yeah. Yeah. So, and the, and the battery seems, you know, I, I use mine just about every single day for something. Um, but I only throw it on the charger probably once every two or three weeks, if that, and that's always preemptive. I, I don't think I've ever had it die on me. Yeah. So. Well, and the really, the nice thing with the stiletto and the stiletto pro is it's very easy to switch between the low, medium and high outputs, um, when you're needing more of a utility light or a task light. And then that switch on the back that gives you all the lumens right now, all the time, no matter you know, what makes it a, a decent, you know, handheld tactical light option. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying about the switching being correct. Um, you know, a lot of these lights out here that have side and rear switches, and both switches do everything, and they're programmable. And you just see guys in shoot house environments or in environments where they're using that handheld light, and they're 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 strobing the light, or they're lighting and then moving, and lighting and then moving. You see a lot of that programming fall apart. You see a lot of that medium that that dim medium bright kind of get in the way of what you want the light to do. And being able to run that rear switch as bright only, plus the fact that it overrides whatever setting you're on. Yeah. So if you're sitting there, you know, let's say you're law enforcement, you're sitting there in your cruiser and you're writing up or you're writing down a report or writing down notes or something like that, um, you know, and I know most of the days it's done on a computer, but I mean, maybe you're taking notes on something and all of a sudden you decide you need a lot of light right now. You're not fumbling through a series of button pushes. You're just hitting that back button and boom, it's bright. And my understanding is you can't override that in any way on that light. And that's the way it should be. Correct, I don't think yeah. that part of the switching is programmable. So, yeah. So just some things to kick around, guys, for sure. So, awesome. Yeah, um, Larry. We hope you we have addressed your question. Uh, anybody else who has questions, please send them to us. Um, info at capcityoutfitters.com. Um, drop us an email. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram as long as they let us stick around. Yes. Um, we are at Cap City Outfitters, and visit us on the web capcityoutfitters.com. Most importantly, come see us in the store. 4465 uh, Cemetery Road. We are in the Hilliards. Uh, we're looking forward to seeing all of you soon. Hope your 2020 is off to a great start. We'll see you soon. Thanks, Thanks guys. guys.